welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm Courtney. And I'm MK. And how, how are you? Other than the fact that I literally just had to burp as immediately as I was about to start talking. Mm. Um, I'm fine. I thought you were dying. I'm, no, um, just embarrassed that I exist. Um, well, I only have one thing left in life that brings me joy. Um, and that thing is watching Dan play the Hogwarts Legacy game. Because no, no spoilers. No, I won't do too many spoilers, but um, you get to raise animals, like magical creatures. And I won't tell you what they yet. Okay, I'm not going to tell you anything about what they are or okay. anything like that, but I will tell you that you get to raise magical creatures at some point in the game. And that has become my job. Like, he'll be like, okay, it's about time to go feed the animals and just hand me the controller because I. It's the only thing in life that brings me joy is taking mm -hmm. care of these imaginary animals. Um, Not wait to get there and have joy. Oh my God, it's, it is amazing. Um, I did accidentally um, pull a mandrake out and scare them all um, the other day. How dare you? I, I don't know how to use a controller. Does he have it on Xbox? He has it on PS5. Gosh, there's so many, there's so many sources. Yeah. Um, um, but because of that, I now randomly get Reddit notifications from the Harry Potter Legacy board on um, Reddit, and it makes me laugh. Um, so that is, like, my real thing of joy. Um, I started my classes last week, um, but I have still done zero things for them. I realized today that I need to figure out, like, my observation hours relatively soon so that's great i like don't want to be a person samesies samesies um, i have not been a person for so probably other, longer than four days now other than the fact that i'm just like no longer willing to be alive um, i'm doing great excellent that that's an excellent update um i feel a lot of those same feelings um I too have only one thing in life bringing me joy. And so I am shoving it down my throat until it brings me joy. I chose this weekend to do a Harry Potter rewatch while I played Hogwarts Legacy. And so I'm, I'm very slow because I do seven things at one time. So I've not made it very far in the game. I have gotten like my wand and all the fun stuff. And I've like, I started doing some of the side quests. Like I haven't gone to Herbology class yet. So like I'm, pretty early on still but i had never seen the third fantastic beast movie and so i was like this is my time because not i do not just say i haven't seen that movie i'm gonna watch it i say i haven't seen that movie i need to rewatch every harry potter movie that's ever existed now and so i watched all of the fantastic beast movies and then i'm i've now watched the first four harry potter movies um so i only have left anyways that's great um, um but speaking of yeah. Hogwarts Legacy again something that's not an actual spoiler um obviously like as the year goes on in the school year and the game the castle like has holiday decorations and stuff right yeah um 
I keep making Dan take screenshots on the PS5 <laughs> of rooms that I like as inspiration for decorating the weddings. That brings me so much joy. I, like, oh, I was like, oh, look at that one. I want this room. He was like, do you need me to take a picture of it? I was like, yes. I love that. I um, love so that. apparently now Hogwarts Legacy Winter Castle is my current um, inspo board for my wedding. Oh, oh I love so it makes me so happy yeah i'm i don't even know what i'm gonna do more witches hat or something i don't know we'll see it's gonna get crazy i'm ready for hogwarts wedding so in the snow i'll bring a jar of fire don't wear the witch's hat in the church that's all no no i would never but i will i will bring a jar of fire like they have like what is it like the second movie i don't remember yeah so I will bring that into the church. I will not okay. touch the church on fire, but I will okay. bring it into the church. It'll okay. be my like companion. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out how you're going to hold the bouquet and the jar of fire. Oh, oh easy. No question. <laughs> no question. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I've got it. Don't worry. Great. I've got it all planned out. Maybe I'll tie the bouquet around the fire, the mason jar. I need a little okay. extra ribbon. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. You know what else is awesome? Spirituality. Yeah, it is. And it's even more awesome when you remember to say. I wondered <laughs> when you started looking down pretty quickly <laughs> and we were wrapping up our intro. If that, you had that's exactly what I was doing. Yeah, I was like, oh, shh that's a thing that i need um but i have it um excellent excellent um this is uh a quote it says when you have real power you don't threaten people know what your capabilities are dennis kuchinik so when i bring my fire to your wedding people will know people will know i have power yeah there will be no question i love yeah. it i'm ready yeah, and it also is like the people the people who can really handle things are not gonna be the bullies. Right. Right. Which I feel like also some of us right. need. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, another thing I, I do love um is American Horror Story. And this this iteration we are speaking of is Asylum. And we are on episode four. And if you recall, I told you someone from history would be introduced in this episode. Now, and this episode when, is called. Did you did you want to go first, or did you want no, me to go I was, first? No, I was just going to say when you click on play next episode on Hulu, it mm-hmm. says the title of the episode. Mm-hmm. And so I saw the title of the episode, and I literally out loud go. Oh my god, he is a Nazi! <laughs> because the other thing you said last week is that some of my predictions will have turned out to be correct in this episode. And when I, I saw the title when I t- saw the title of the episode, I was like, oh my god, my Nazi prediction was a hundred percent correct. Spot on. I knew it. On. I was really proud of myself. Yeah. Yes, I was also proud of you. So the episode, for those of you who have not looked at the title, 
is I just dropped like seven things, but it's fine. I'm back. Is I am Anne Frank part one. So hold on to your horses because there's two of them. This, this episode aired. Also, my favorite episode of the season so far. Yeah. It like I said, it gets better. It's just it's not my favorite season, but yeah. it does get better. Yeah. So um yeah. It aired November 7th of 2012. It was rated 8.2 out of 10 number one song is still one more night the number one movie is skyfall and the number one book is the racketeer by john grisham okay. all things that make sense yeah. um on this day i i struggled to find events of any kind right um they were just like yeah here was some news from the whole week of things that have happened and so i just picked some and i chose right. to pick when things were legalized, because this will be the turning point that everyone remembers. Okay. Two states legalized weed. Can you mm. guess which ones they were? The first two were Oregon and California. No, Colorado and Oregon. Colorado is one of them. Are you close? Was it California was the second? No. Was it Washington? Did I fuck up on what yeah. state it was? I was thinking of Seattle and I fucked up and I was like, what am I doing? I Colorado and Washington. Is that is? Yeah, no, Colorado yeah. and Washington. I was, my yeah. brain was correct. My words were not. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I thought it might be that way. That's why I was like, you're close with the work. <laughs> um, and this was our first year that legalizing gay marriage was passed through for a ballot. So this was the turning point for gay marriage and weed. And then we see discussions every year since. So, you know, that's that's how we are are now. Um, So I don't know if you read the credits as they were coming on, but did you happen to notice who the director was of this episode? I didn't. I started, I like was looking at the credits in the theme song part of it. And then, like, after it started, I saw a couple of the, like, guest star names. And I was, like, thinking of who is she going to talk about this week. And then I promptly was not actually reading. It was Michael Uppendahl. <laughs> what was that? He did last week's. And he did Piggy Piggy. <laughs> oh. um, I am so sorry. I take back everything I said last week. This was... Is this, like... Why this was wildly different. This was one of the best episodes of the show. This also didn't feel as much like horror as a lot of the show. And I think that what that leads me to believe is that Michael Avendal is a very good dramatic director. And he just doesn't have the horror elements down yet. So when he does that, he goes too big unnecessarily. I think so because he also didn't go that gory this episode. No, there was like one scene that was like horror-y and I mm-hmm. it wasn't and even that it was so not that yeah. um I I think that that is what I've decided is that it's actually just that like horror is not his jam. He just goes in, goes hard on whichever direction he chooses to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, Michael Uppendahl has redeemed himself. Yes. Um, 
the writer. I wrote all of these notes before I realized I've already talked about her, but it is <laughs> Jessica Scharzer. And I had forgotten who she was because she is a co-executive producer for the show. Mm. And she wrote Afterbirth, which is the one where Vivian died and then Ben is pushed to his death. So like oh, that was yeah, the yeah. last one she wrote. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, our editor is Stuart Schill, who is new, and I did need to write down notes for him. Literally, like, half of my page almost is Jessica Scharzer. And then I got to the end, and I was like, we've talked about her. But <laughs> it's fine. So, Stuart Schill is known for Frank versus God. I hate musicals, which I'm very interested to see what that is. Yeah. The Space Between Us, an American Horror Story. Um, I think The Space Between Us is based off of a book that I think I read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but there's a couple of different books with this title, and I don't know if this is the one I read. The space <laughs> between us isn't that the one where like the girl's like allergic to oxygen or something? Mm, maybe that's also not the one I was thinking of, but I think I've read that one, so it's totally. Possible. I also might have just completely made that up as well. You know, um, it's fine. We live on this this planet here together, where we make stuff up, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It just is what it is. Um, um oh no i was right because um i looked up the space between us 2017 and the first thing that i saw was a girl with an alien helmet on it she was the first human born on mars and then she comes to earth and she's like allergic to oxygen and that little kid I who kind of read the it? little kid who kind of looks like ethan pack plays the boy who she's like mm-hmm. sort of in love with but like mm-hmm. i have not seen this but i do think i may have read it um, i have yes, seen I it but like on an airplane when i was half asleep ah yes yes um also for all of you teeny boppers and gen z kids he is currently the editor for percy jackson i watched the first three episodes of that this week during my snow day thing dan made me watch some of the episodes what do you think i really like it i never read a single percy jackson book which i know as a middle school english teacher doesn't make sense because the new york state curriculum does require you to read the first percy jackson book as part of sixth (laughs) grade but i don't teach at a public school so um that's fine that's true (laughs) um um i've never read any of the books i had like vague ideas of things that were happening and like i would randomly ask dan a question and he would like not answer my question and i go I'm not asking for spoilers. I'm just telling you the random facts that I know from having existed in the same universe as Percy Jackson for this many years. And he was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's true. And I was like, thank you for confirming the things that I thought. And then like, as they like appear in the show, they're like big, like reveals in episodes. But like, like, for example, spoiler alert, Percy's dad is Poseidon. Oh, interesting. The, the cover of the first book is him standing in the ocean with Poseidon's trident in his hand. You don't have to have yeah, read Yeah, I've seen the covers. Yeah, like you don't have to have read anything to know that that's the cover of the first book and the cover of the a movie that was terrible. So I was also like, that. I go, he's Poseidon's his dad, right? And Dan just like looked at me because that's like a big moment in like the second or third <laughs> episode. And I just go, Dan, I, I'm 31 years old. You can tell me that i'm not going to be shocked and horrified and he was like, yeah like <laughs> this is one i never got into i never read Dames. the books. um but it's very mythological based and so i probably would have liked it had it come out like a few years earlier than it did right um, but so like that's, so- that's what i i said that too so like dan's um cousins 
the oldest is the same age as his younger sister. So like all of his, so his younger sister and brother and all of his cousins are in like mm -hmm. that age where like my brother is. So it makes sense. They're all super into it. My brother was super into it. I missed that gap. Like I just, and so, yeah. but because, because Dan's siblings and cousins all were into it, he by proxy became into it. Yeah. I like, I know everything that my brother has told me. I have multiple of the books. I've just never read them. And I, I just, I, I try to explain to his cousins that like, I just missed that gap. I was Harry Potter Twilight. I was, I was yep. not like, I missed Percy Jackson. I was in college when it was a big thing. I wasn't at mm -hmm. home anymore to be a part of it. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, Caitlin read some of them, but like, she never got super, super into it, but she did read some of them. So I never heard about it and I didn't know anything about it, but I was at work the other day and we were talking about it because both like the kids I work with, <laughs> they're adults mostly, um, are like 25, 26. And so they're like, right. right there at that five six years younger than me and so i have no idea what's going on they're talking about it but i am on stargate level of, and you have just told me like 17 they're in the first like book i don't know what's going on here and so i could not connect but i heard it's great <laughs> sorry you just froze so hard for oh, so long but i have no idea what just happened did i say do I, should i start over no i got everything you said but it was like weird because I don't oh. know what happened. I'm oh, very confused. Computer. It's broken. Maybe. Maybe. It's 2014. Yeah. So. <laughs> it was like so strange because I was like checking my internet and it was fine. And then you were just like frozen with your hands in the air. So that'll be fun. That. To, that'll be fun to I edit. hope um, that shows up in the video. And um, I'm like just like a mime. Like Mr. Mime. You're like also Mr. Mime and I look bewildered like. <laughs> like deer in the headlights <laughs> yeah yeah I, I just i just looked it up and apparently the first percy jackson book actually came out in 2005 so i would have been 12 when, or 13 when that happened but it didn't um, hit then that's not when it got popular right which is yeah because like because also these kids read it in school like we didn't have right the kids the kids who are like kids now read it in school mm -hmm. so like it's big now yeah but i um i don't well, no, know like the kids that i work with that are like six years younger than me read it in school too yeah and that's when well, it got big so well my brother my brother is six years younger than me and he didn't read it in school but he just read it and loved it um maybe he read it in school i don't fucking know um but yeah i don't know third it, it wasn't there in 2005 no, it wasn't and we it were was. super harry potter at that time because i started reading harry potter while I was, I mean, we were the age of Harry Potter while it was coming out. And right, so like, right, right, right. I mean, yeah. that was that was the focus. And then high school was Twilight. High school so was 100% Twilight. Percy Jackson, like, became a thing. We were end of high school, early college. And so yeah. we had our fandoms. We didn't need any more. We had right. the better ones. I mean, and I'm sure Percy Jackson's great. But I also, I always was torn because I was like, if I want to read... A, like a book that's clearly designed for kids younger than me i'm gonna read the kingdom keepers 
I had always wanted to read The Kingdom Keepers. I never read them. Oh my God, I love it. I have the first book on Kindle. Is that Mr. Monday? Is that those? No. That was the Garth Nix books. I also wanted to read those, but I always no. thought those two series. Um, oh yeah. No, The Kingdom Keepers is by Ridley Pearson, and who is the one who wrote Peter and the Starcatcher. Um, you didn't ever see Peter and the Starcatcher when it was on Broadway? When? I don't oh, know, Broadway. Just kidding. I went to Peter and the Starcatcher when it was on Broadway, which means it was not the same time that you were in New York. Those were not the same times. Not at um, all. No, um, Peter and the Starcatcher is like a story about Peter as a kid and like pirates and it's um, fun and silly. Um, but no, so Ridley Pearson wrote this book and it's basically about these kids who um, are um, like holograms, but not really. Um, like Jim and the holograms, but not. <laughs> right. But they are, their job is to protect Disney World after dark because of when the lights go out, all, all the anim- all the characters come to life and Maleficent is trying to take over the park. Should I read that now? Is Absolutely. Right now? No, I, I haven't finished the series either. Absolutely. You should read it now. I might. I'm getting ready to work with a, with a middle grade author. So <laughs> no, it's, it's amazing. And it's, it's just, they're so good. They're so good. And then, like, he, they go, it starts, like, in Magic Kingdom, and then they have, like, books on, like, all the different parks at one, at one point. Like, I remember when he wrote his first book on the cruise line. Like, it was, like, it's amazing. All right? Yeah. You're changing my I'm going to start this series, realize it's for children, and go right back into my dark Disney books that I've discovered that I haven't gone back to yet. Because I also I liked those. I haven't finished those either. I finished the Sleeping Beauty one. Or not the Sleeping Beauty, the Snow White one. I finished the Snow White one. I Have started the, the Snow White one. I read the Snow White one. I didn't read the Beast one yet. That's the one I was working on. I I also need to go back to the Insanity series because Cameron Joyce, like, he wrote, while I was at Disney World, it was traumatic. I almost, I like went to the bathroom at Disney World and just like happened to see this email and came out like almost in tears and Caitlin and Jamie were like, Oh my God, what happened? You were just yeah. in the Rapunzel bathroom. Everything's fine. Like, right. And Cameron Jason sent out an email that he was quitting writing. And I was like in Disney world and devastated. But then like a year and a half later, he came back and everything's yeah. fine. But so now well, I need to read those two. I have a million things that I need to read, but also I did start the first or the fifth game of Thrones book in 2020 and it's now 2024. So I should probably finish it. I've started the first one at least five times. I have read the chapter on Bran at least five times. That is all I know about Game of Thrones. Is that he so, falls out of window. I'm that is so, it. That's I'm so sorry. There's so much fun more. I know. So um Yeah, so thanks um to the editor who made Percy Jackson that we Thank you, Stuart Show. You're killing yeah, it. Yeah, we've gone so far off of the episode. You know, look, here's the thing. We actually didn't go crazy off topic in our intro, so... That's true. We had to make up for it. And this is still related. Yeah. Tangentially. Um, and our guest star of the week is a little more guesty than normal. It is Frederick L- Lan or Linny. I meant to look up how to pronounce it. It's L-E-H-N-E. Okay. Um, so I meant to look up how to pronounce it, and I didn't. And he plays... Frank. So I know he's that's oh. shocking. 
Oh, Frank. Right. He was the next shit. top bill. Is Frank. Yeah. The Frank, detective. the guard. Or the Got security it. guy. Yeah. Um, he's known for Men in Black, The Dark Knight Rises, Shy Guys, and Ordinary People, and every other show and or movie that has ever existed. I mean, he's one of those guys who just plays every background cop ever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's in like one to three episodes of every show that's lasted more than a season. 100%. Got and it. some that have only been a season. Like Got Buff it. City Law that just came out, he was in that. Cool. So he's in literally everything. Um, he actually started um, a little bit earlier on. So Ordinary People was his first film he was in. And that same year was also when he had his Broadway debut in John Gabriel Borkman, which I don't know what that is, but it's Enrique Ibsen. And okay. it's Enrique, great. Um, Henrik, I would say Henrik because it's Norwegian, not like not german not german Mm, okay i'm not 100 Mm percent sure i've always said henrik um yeah but i don't speak recently i i don't speak norwegian same same these um i'm recently familiar with with his works because he wrote doll a doll's house which was just on broadway with jessica chastain that i saw Mm -hmm. yeah no because um, i have friends in high places uh, um a Doll's House and Hedda Gabler are her, his two most famous. Mm, I don't know that one. It's really good. Um, Love it. I mean, I liked A Doll's House and it was, it got a lot yeah. of flack because it was that like stripped down version, but I really Which, enjoyed it. And I, I, I love A Doll's House. Um, I was, I never got to see A Doll's House, Doll's House Part 2, but I feel like I would have hated it because of the things that I love about A Doll's House. So I don't know. I don't know anything about Part 2. I didn't even know there was a Part 2. Um, What's her name who plays Roseanne's sister um, on the TV show, Roseanne, who does all the play stuff? Jackie. Yeah, Jackie, but she, she's mm-hmm. famous on Broadway. She won a Tony for it. Yeah. Oh. Well, this was an excellent production. Um, and I've never seen the original, so I'm not like. Well, that's super because the, the original was um, in Norway in the 1800s, so none of us did. Well, no, like the like <laughs> for Broadway, they made like black box and like they didn't have props and stuff, so it was very stripped down. They just went in a circle and all wore black. Like it was very muted. It didn't have like the full scenery and like whatnot. But but okay, okay. <laughs> but Sorry, that one ever does. Original, I didn't see the original production of Romeo and Juliet. You know, I've never seen original production of anything. That is a that is a lie. I've literally now seen like the original production of like eight things in the past year and a half. So yeah. don't mind me. Don't mind me. Um, it's just the same as me not knowing I saw Frank Oz film. So <laughs> we are again. We are just a hot mess. I'm like licking are... cheese off my finger. You are. It is. <laughs> It is an experience. Because <laughs> I'm like, surely it's going to run out soon. And then it doesn't. You just have more cheese. I have this much cheese. Oh, you have a whole thing of cheese. <laughs> what, what kind of cheese even is that? What? Port wine. Oh, I just saw your mouth and I didn't hear a sound. <laughs> I bet that's delicious. It's so good. Ugh, I had a Cabernet. I didn't, mm, I didn't really eat. really good. I didn't eat dinner. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's where we're at. We're killing it. Well, also where we're at is finally starting the show 
at the asylum instead of in all these nonsense places that we don't need to be. Correct. And I mean, I'm sure there's, I'm, I'm sure there's a tie. I don't remember the end, but I'm sure there's a tie in, but like feels so unnecessary for every episode to start the same way where we have no information and don't really need it. Mm-hmm. We just watch Adam Levine and Jenna Dewan die. That's all. That's it. Yeah. Um, Too many times. So we started this. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I'm sorry. My like these headphones are, I can only, I have so many sinus issues with my, my ears that I can only wear my headphones for so long. So I've just switched ears. Okay. Can you hear me okay now? Yeah. Okay. Great. So um, we start the asylum with a woman who has no ID. I really thought this lasted a lot longer than it did in the episode. It does not last very long. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's like, you know, just there. And so Sister Jude starts questioning her. And she's like, you were at a bar. You got into a fight. Like, someone was anti-Semitic. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why you're acting this way. Yeah. And um, they were just, like, businessmen at the bar. And so she says that. And she's like, yeah. She's like, they were really, like, you know, anti-Semitic. They can't be this way. Yada, yada. And then she tells her that she's Anne Frank. And she's like, is that this? No, that no, no, no. Well, she, what happens? You did jump the gun. So, um, uh, sister Jude is like, um, I understand that like your people went through a lot. Like, did you lose someone in, in the war? And she, and she says, I was in Auschwitz. Yeah. And And um, she tells her that she's like, okay, okay, sure. Yeah. Whatever. Like she's treating her like she's insane because it sounds insane. And she was like, and she, oh, and she goes, and she goes, oh, she asked her another question and she just starts whistling a, like a song from the war at her. And sister's like, fuck this right now. I can't. Yeah. She's like, we're going to start treatment in the morning. It's fine. No worries. So then we go to Arden and Shelly. And poor Shelly is just having a hard time. Um, well, and she's, she asked him if she's going to die. And he says, no, you'll probably actually live forever after this. And he goes to stab something in her eye. But do not fret. We don't actually see the needle go in because we go straight to the credits after that. I was so grateful for this shot. I know. Because I knew it was going for her eye and I couldn't. And this was the scene that I said was the only thing that even like remotely felt like horror to me. Yeah, I wanted to warn you. And then I was like, nothing really happened. So maybe I'll give her the suspense because she'll she'll be okay. so (laughs) um yeah no there was no eyeballs injured although then because i was so gratefully thinking about the fact that they moved away from the eyeball i noticed the bleeding eyeball in the credits for the first time which i don't think i think it's been there the whole time but i think that like because i was thinking about eyeballs i like noticed it today and was like whoa yeah i hate eyeballs I know. And bleeding bleeding statues in the religious world is never any good. I don't um, I mean, but the bleeding statues are like disconcerting, but don't make me nauseous. Eyeballs well, no. eyeballs make me nauseous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're just not a good sign. That's um, true. Did you happen to n- notice anything else in the credits? Um I thinking I I really I really just feel like everything is just weird 
shots of people losing their mind. I don't know. Yeah, we'll discuss more in the wrap up. But yeah. Like, this is a season that does better at like moving on because like in season one, they're like always the basement. And so you see a lot of the same things, if not all the same things, but this one does actually have different scenes in the credits, which is nice. And see, I some just, I don't, do that, some don't, I didn't, I didn't feel like, I don't feel like things changed in the credits. Like, I feel like the they're very really similar. Okay. Cause I was like, I feel like there are things that like, like the credits move in the sense that things happen in different rooms in the mm-hmm. credits. It's yeah. not like it's yeah. not like all the basement the way the last one mm-hmm. was. But I I've been like trying to see if anything like stands out to me as being different. Um, but a I watch them a week apart and don't sure. have the mental capacity. And b um, they they are not like glaringly different. If that makes sense. Yeah, and like. Also, some of the big things have already started coming out. So, like, when we saw, like, people that look possessed, like, we had the guy with the exorcism. When we start seeing the Mother Mary statue, like, with the bleeding eyes, I mean, we saw Sister Mary gets possessed. Like, so, like, there are things that yeah. have been, like, answered already. And, like, and, like, the thing is, the very, the first, the very first iteration of the credits and one, the scene that has, one of the scenes that's been in it the whole time is the crab walking backwards up the stairs. Like, I knew from day one, okay, right. there's going to be exorcism stuff in here because that's what that is the symbol of like um and then like the creepy old lady who's like in the wheelchair and then in the room and then in like the bathtub and all that stuff like it, it doesn't feel like it's interesting that it's all the same lady and i have no idea who she is and if she's even supposed to be anybody but i don't think she is and then but nothing is like yeah yeah so just stay tuned stay tuned um so we come back from the credits and we're in the kitchen and Grace and Kit are kneading bread. I don't know. I know they. Ha- I know that they run a bakery, so I get it. But yeah. I feel like every five minutes, someone is kneading bread, and that just feels excessive. But fine, if you want to put all of your scenes in the kitchen, <gasps> that's fine. there. There was a lot of bread in this episode. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so we're chatting, and we have a flashback to Arden looking for more chips in Kit's neck. And he has just, like, stripped him naked and he is, like, trying to do whatever he can to, like, find anything in his body and you see he has a cut lip and all this stuff. So he's, like, clearly been through been through a bit. Um, yeah. And then he's, like, I just don't know, like, why this is happening. He's, like, but you will... And, like, she says something, like, oh, she's, like, that's the chip from the guys that came in from the sky. But she says it, like, so off... Like, Kiltry's like, you believe me, right? She's like, oh, yeah, no, 100% I believe you. But, like, yeah. it's just standard at this point. Like, she's just, like, used to saying it now. And I was like, okay, yeah. that's, you said that a little bit, too. Like, yeah. Well, and she's like, she's like, you have to believe your story here. Because if you don't keep saying the story to yourself, then it's going to disappear. And then you're going to believe right. whatever they tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she keeps saying that, like, she believes him. And she says that even though she keeps saying her story, she wishes she could forget it. Yeah. So we go to a flashback and Grace is waking up in her room with her sister or stepsister. I don't remember who it's supposed to be, but her sibling. And she hears a sound in the house and she's like, you stay here. I'm going to go see what's happening. Mm-hmm. And she goes to the room she's turning it in and then there's blood everywhere on the wall. And we open the door to see someone is, um, has an ax and is killing what, can assumably be her father at this yeah. time. 
And then she runs downstairs to hide and she goes into this like cupboard like hiding yeah. place. Yeah. And she sees like entrails and um all this stuff and it's you know her mom or her stepmom which and, was very uh, confusing to me because it looked like chopped up baby parts it and looked I like was a baby like, yeah 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 uh that was a choice i guess but yeah it looked like a baby like uh, I, there was no reason to make that face the way it was because it it was yeah. a baby absolutely and she says that, like, she lost her whole family because she lost her dad and her stepmom. But then she also lost her sister because her sister believed that she murdered them. But in reality, it was Red and Patty because... Oh, Patsy, Patty, Patsy is her sister. She said that her sister set her up and that her sister and her the boyfriend wanted... Patsy is her sister, yeah. I heard Patty, and that's why I was confused. Oh, no, Red and Patty. I, I maybe miss- it's Patty or Patsy, but whatever, it's her sister. I don't know. But yeah. yeah, but it's so basically her sister and the the boyfriend wanted mm-hmm. to take the farm for themselves. So they framed her right. for the murder of her dad and stepmom. Yeah. And so now she's here. So we go to Lon and Thresden and he starts asking her where she went during the movie. And he's she's like, I told you I had to excuse myself. And he's like, OK, sure. Whatever you say. And then we go to the flashback to the movie night and we see drunk sister Jew wandering out talking about, you know, the three people who are missing and the uh, panning over to the three that escaped and then ran back. Yeah. And soaking wet and how like pleased they are. And then whenever she says like, you know, that also that, that Shelly got away, they were all like so relieved. And this is, we didn't see this scene in the first one that right. they're relieved that they think Shelly actually got out. So that's sad. But that, that's so sad. I know. And then so we come back to the day and Dr. Thress is like, well, you know what? I want to help you because I've seen myself a lot in you. So let me cure you. Mm-hmm. He's like, um, they're going to if you like, let me cure you. We go through this whole situation. They're going to let you out. You're going to be free to go. Everything's fine. And she's well, like, it's, There's- it's, it's, so he's like, I don't think you're crazy. And she's like, you literally, your Bible is the mm-hmm. DSM, whatever number they were at at that right. time. Yeah, and no, she's like, probably one. and she's like, it specifically says that I am sick. I'm crazy. Yeah. Like, and you, she's like, you and your people are who classify me as being sick. So don't tell me I'm not. Yeah, and then she tells him, like, he keeps going, and she's like, she's like, but really, there is no cure. She's like, I was just born. Like, this is just me. This is my theory time based on the scene, and then I think that the rest of the scenes with the two of them in this episode, um, I think that they don't, if they don't directly corroborate, they don't uh, contradict my theory. My theory is that he is also gay. That's Which awesome. is not just because Zachary Quinto is gay. Um, but I do know that Ryan Murphy and Zachary Quinto are the kind of people who like want queer actors to play queer parts and like to be more normalized about that. And like that is a one thing. But also the way he like talks to her and the way he like mm-hmm. says that he doesn't agree with the way that therapy is and like is basically like I'm gonna do whatever I can to cure you of this. It feels very much like he is someone who 
was had the gay beaten out of him basically and thinks that he can help her well i mean he says i see myself in you and like that would be that was my first thought when he says that, right that, like, right you know and, but but yeah like it feels very much like he had the gay beaten out of him and so like yeah. he thinks that it'll work for her too which really right. just means that he is like not practicing homosexual he didn't you can't sure. actually beat the gay out of him but right. he's he's very clean cut and well dressed and clearly doesn't have anyone at home which mm-hmm. is why i also feel very strongly that he's just like a like the way it priests the way to her right the way like gay men became priests because it was easier than like dealing with the fact that yeah. they couldn't get married mm-hmm. like couldn't like face their feelings yep yeah that all tracks um yeah so we go back to the common room and we see that Anne or whoever she may be but Anne is journaling and Lana comes over to her and she's like give me your pencil and she's like what no and she's like no 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 if they catch you journaling you're gonna be put in solitary and you're not gonna enjoy it and Anna's like leave me alone I just have one thing that I need to say and that is that as someone who has taught the diary of Anne Frank multiple times and read it more times than I can count and deeply studied it as a piece of literature to teach children the idea that Anne, obviously, like, I don't know where they're going with the story. I don't know if they're actually trying to, like, pretend that Anne is a real thing or to just pretend that it is for the story or whatever, however they want to deal with this. If she actually is crazy and isn't Anne Frank, if she isn't crazy and is Anne Frank, like, whatever they're doing with that, not even my thought. Mm-hmm. My, the idea that Anne Frank could have survived and gotten better and, like, lived in anonymity her whole life, fine. The idea that at now 35, 40 years old, she's still writing Dear Kitty for her diary entries. Not a fucking chance. <laughs> like, I can't. When it said Dear Kitty, I was like, oh my God, yeah. no. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. It's, they uh, take some liberties here. Um, Way of being like, oh, see, like she is and like, because at this point, we know did she has she said yet that she is Mm -hmm. Anne Frank okay so we know that she like believes that she's Anne Frank um but like that's their way of being like here's the details like crazy people need details to like act out their fantasies dumb (laughs) yeah and uh so she completely blows Lana off and Lana's like fine you're gonna have any friends in here but if you don't want them that's on you and i was yeah. like first of all you have not been the most helpful to anyone here including yourself so you yeah talking about how you need friends in here ma'am pot you... calling the kettle right i mean so at this moment dr arden walks in and she loses it she immediately recognizes him and she's like he's from auschwitz no question no question at all and oh this is where she says she's Anne Frank yeah so she's like I know this because I'm Anne Frank like yeah well yeah but she had already said her name to sister Jude she says this to Arden when he's like what are you Mm -hmm. even talking about you you don't know anything about Auschwitz she's like you don't remember me yeah because he 
is doesn't because he's crazy. Um, I wonder how much yeah. of that is genuinely not remembering because he's just so obsessed with himself or like pretending that he has no idea what she's talking about. Because I, I wouldn't put it past him to have no idea who any of the people that he destroyed their lives were because he doesn't care. Right. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, so then we have Jude and Anne. And Sister Jude treats her like she's crazy. Mm-hmm. And Anne Frank goes through the whole thing and just and like describes what happened. She's like, first of all, we knew I was sick two weeks before it got like shut down. But also, my body was never found. And there were hundreds and hundreds of bodies. So there's no way it really would have been found. But there was this soldier who found me while I wasn't well and, like, took me back to America. And I knew that as Anne Frank, I was making, like, I was being martyred as a child who was 15 and died. So I couldn't. Yeah, I mean, what she said there was she said there was really poignant. She said, "I wanted to reach out to my dad, but by the time I knew any of this was happening, he had already moved on and had a new life, and that didn't include me. And Mm -hmm. I decided to sacrifice my own relationship with my dad because what my diary did for awareness of what was really happening to Jews was more important than my personal relationship and Anne Frank." was worth more dead to the population so i stayed dead yep. which like and i think that if sense. i think that if Anne had actually survived that's exactly how she would have felt if you read the way that she wrote about being a writer and what that writing would mean to her and to the world and what she wanted it to mean seeing what her diary did for the cause of the Jewish people and for writing in general, she a hundred percent would have made that choice. No question. Yeah. hundred percent. So, and also sister Jude's gears start turning at this point. So then we go. Well, I know. And at way. this point, sister Jude starts to still has questions about her. She's like, I don't know where you're yeah. from, but, and so she pulls up her sleeve and fucking has the, the, the concentration camp tattoo. And that, mm-hmm. That gave me a little tingle. And yeah. Yeah. So then we go back to Kit and Dr. Thresden. And so Thresden starts telling him, he's like, here's the thing. You have options. He's like, and it's really going to be my call. He's like, I can send you to the chair and you'll die. And that's if you keep saying, you know, if we keep doing this, saying you're not, you're saying you're not, you haven't done it. You're not crazy. Like, that's the only option I have. However, if you let me help you, then we can let you live here forever. Which, like, honestly, I don't know that this is a better deal, but fine. And he's like, here's the thing. You have to say you did it. And the reason why you did it, which is not how you're supposed to therapy people. um, But he's like, the reason why you did it is because you were so upset about everything that was happening. And when you thought the aliens came over, it was actually those guys at the... um, the gas station, which was our very first scene we saw, mm-hmm. and they followed you home, and Alma was so sick of hiding, and you got so upset about it that you killed her, I and then your grief killed everyone else. very mixed feelings in this scene, because this was the first time that I questioned Dr. Thresden's motives. Mm-hmm. Because he says, I don't believe you're crazy. Yeah. And I don't believe you're guilty either in the sense that like you should be executed, like executed. 
And Bakit says, so you think I'm innocent? He said, I think a part of you is. And I, so and then he, and then he tries to convince him that, like, he did commit all of those crimes, but it was because he was basically abused into it by society. Yeah. And A, that is not a really good defense. <laughs> no, that is not. Um, and B, um, it just didn't feel genuine. Like, it felt like he was trying to convince him of a story. And I can't tell if it's because he really, truly thinks that the only way to save his life is to get him on stand looking like a psycho. Or if he has some other motives. And I... This this was the first this was the first episode where my yeah. like where Zachary Quinto kind of gave me an ick a little bit and I didn't I didn't know how I felt about him anymore. Well, because we also know when we saw the movie during the movie scene last time, um, he says he doesn't think Kit did it because he thinks that Wendy was killed by Bloody Face, right? And so like we know that he already doesn't one hundred percent think Kit's doing it. So why would he tell him that like right. those are the only options? Not that he's innocent in like a a real innocent way that he like you yeah. know it's so there's there's some there. weird there's some weird things happening there and then for the rest of the episode he gave me the ick more <laughs> sure, um sure. but like this was the first time since his introduction that i was like i don't know about you yeah and i i do know that this season is specifically um twisty mm-hmm. but for the most part I haven't really had um, a massive change of, of heart on characters yet, which I know it's early. I know it's early. Sure, um, sure. But it's, I've, all of the characters that I've been to, ambivalent to have stayed that way. The characters that I like have stayed that way. The characters yeah. that I don't like have stayed that way. Nobody has like cr- crossed that line yeah. yet. And this was the first time that I was like, maybe maybe they have yeah but also there's another character in this episode who i'm starting to think that i'm wrong about them also so welcome to american horror story so we go to Anne, and she's talking again about arden and she says that he she knows exactly who he is he's hans gruber which is a character from Die Hard, but I correct. Yeah, um, I literally, I literally, <laughs> my my thing was when I heard that, I was like, "Is that a way of telling us that this is not real?" Except that Die Hard mm-hmm. wasn't out then yet, so it wasn't a clue to like having picked up the name from a movie. No, no, no. Die Hard wasn't out in the sixties. Oh, 60- oh, I see. So I like, see. I if like, you're like, if you're that. just like, no, no, no. If you're just like, if you're clearly unwell and you're just like living this fantasy and you have to pick a name that wasn't in the diary um mm-hmm. and you just say the first german name that comes to your head but it's because Die Hard exists that's one thing is this just like a hee hee easter egg or is it a clue that she's crazy i spiraled a little bit on that it's okay <laughs> yes but then she goes on to say he had a thing about twins and he would always take the twins and we thought to protect them. 
but we honestly didn't know. I, I didn't think she said always. I thought, I don't think she said always at all. She said it was when she got there, the first time she saw him being kind and friendly was when he took the twins. And so she thought it was to save them. But then he started visiting the women's barracks and pulling Mm -hmm. people and bad things were happening to them. Yeah. I don't, I didn't think it was like a thing for twins. It was just a, that was the first moment she saw it. But also like, if he's a weird, creepy scientist, twins are fascinating subjects. So, it's very possible that I put that context in because as you said, yes, he started going in and taking these women and they either wouldn't come back or they'd come back worse. Yeah. And this is a direct correlation to describe Joseph Mengele's from yeah. Auschwitz. And he did have a thing for twins. Right. Like, so it's possible. I just threw that. I think, yeah, I think that, I think but, that that was, um, that was just a, a connection to the real world thing um which makes sense if it's based Mm -hmm. on a real person and you're putting their real character traits into it um but yeah no it it was she was just like i didn't understand she was like i thought they were so lucky yeah and i don't think they weren't yep and so then we go to kit and dresden is still telling kit how he's murdered everyone and he is like line by line he's like here's the librarian who was murdered here's where you were here's how you had the means motive and opportunity to do this and he's like but why was her skin and head missing the very things that say who she is and he's like i have no idea i didn't kill her so i don't know why these things were missing and he's like so then the next victim which is honestly fascinating when you think about it like because obviously he's bullshitting Mm mm-hmm but to be able to bullshit a sound psychological reason for him to have done that, you're a fucking crazy person. Like, this is so scary. So scary. So scary that he can find a way to be like, well, you took away her skin and her face because her identity is what society didn't like about your relationship and you resented them for it. Like, are we the fucking mind hunter? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's wild. Wild. Um, he goes to the next victim, who's a secretary. And this was the night of the alteration at the gas station. And so that was how he phrased that. And then we see that everything that happened with Alma, or so House Dresden says it. And that, um, and so this is his like spiral down into killing everyone and why. So we go back to Lana. And, and poor, poor Kit is like, did I do this? <laughs> like, to tell, like, if someone was saying this to me and I was in, like, a mental institute, I probably would also believe it. Also, if my <laughs> option, if my options were you lost your mind because of, like, constant mental abuse or you mm-hmm. saw an alien, I think I might start to think I did it. <laughs> and if you know you can stay alive by saying you did it, like all of the it, clues point to this this way it's, for me. Yeah. It's yeah. it's interesting. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> so we go to Lana who's standing in the, the line for medicine and she starts daydreaming. And she's thinking about this award that she's gonna get for exposing Briarcliff because she's gonna be released and all this stuff. And she starts like 
telling stories about the patients and she's like here's this crazy woman who beat her head here's this guy who would masturbate all the time and here's like everything that's happening um and then she's like and i just want everyone to know that i did everything i had to do to get out and in that moment she decides to go to Thresden and tell him she's going to take him up on his off which is a choice a choice i can't say that i wouldn't also make that choice oh um, i think i 100 percent would because i would do anything to save myself if i could and it wasn't like like it's torture yeah but like and i would psychologically be like damaged afterwards but i think i would rather that than being stuck in this place where uh-huh. it's constant and you can't get away from it right um, especially if it really didn't take anything of changing myself but just doing enough yeah. to convince someone else that i changed right and if it's only like a few like he's only there for a couple of weeks or whatever like so she knows it's not like an extended time so i'm just saying that would probably be the way i'd go too so we go back to kit and grace who are in the kitchen again and kit is angry he is just like punching this dough and he is like like yeah it is not gonna it's not gonna do well when you cook it but um grace That's- is like are you <laughs> what i'm just imagining how gross and flat that loaf of bread is gonna be. <laughs> not well right it's not right. good and so she's like are you imagining sister jude because i do that too sometimes but he is spiraling because he is starting to believe that he killed this woman and he's like what if i did do it and grace says which is which is nice she says self-doubt is a is a sure sign of sanity mm-hmm. and he tries to explain it and she's like i have no idea what you're saying but if <laughs> you like are worried about this like that's this that's the sign you're saying because if you just yeah. accept it all or if you just completely deny it all like you know it's it's yeah. hard to prove one way or another and then so i didn't realize how far it was going was like oh then they make out and then i just put plus more because they yeah. do a lot more than make out they sure did um also i immediately immediately when they started kissing um, decided I don't like race. Um, because I, I felt personally angry for Alma and I wanted, I understand that she may or may not be dead, but like you went through all of this shit and like experienced all of this because you love someone like so deeply that you were willing to like break laws to love them. Mm -hmm. You don't just forget about that because things are hard and you've been in this fucking asylum for a week so that yeah, but he like also doesn't know now if he killed her or not like right which i get i get but that irked me a little bit but also it felt very manipulative to me that's fair and we we do come to a point where we know a little more about her in the future so that's fair and felt very much like um, she was trying to make sure that he needed her to feel sane yeah yeah that's true and she has been doing that the whole time but also like there's the line of like but do you just need someone in here so that you do feel sane like is that just how it is or are you trying to be manipulative like what line are you crossing yeah and that crossed the line for me yeah that's totally fair so we go back to sister jude and sister mary who we haven't seen yet this episode so welcome back okay kudos on this because when they get caught, then we go. 
to mm-hmm. Sister Jude. Yeah. Um, and kudos on this because last week, one of the things I said was that the Sister Mary stuff was going to get old fast. Yeah. They haven't dealt with it yet, but they also didn't talk about it. And I was yeah. like, appreciate that because there are bigger fish to fry right now. Right. But you're not making me sick of the story. So, yeah. Kudos yeah, to the writer. Do a really good Kudo, k- kudos to what's her name on this part. Yeah. Sorry, it sounded like someone was knocking. I hate people. Yeah. Um so and Sister Jude tells Sister Mary she's like you've made you've like decidedly made a change. Like you're a different person. She's like I like you better this time. <laughs> I was like possessed. Do you like her better possessed? Okay. All right, Sister Jude. Do you fine. Fine. Jude just does not and, um, appreciate people who don't have a fucking backbone. Yeah, which like also is fair, but maybe don't go all the way to the demon. Maybe like pull it back a bit. Yeah. So Jude is getting on to Kit and Grace, obviously. And then she says that they're gonna sterilize them. That is a fucking leap. That is like zero to a hundred. Like it's wild. Well, um, to be, and in the I mean, in her defense, though, the last thing she needs to keep this place running is fucking crazy murder rabies. True. True. <laughs> Oops. Like, like if you're running an insane oh asylum, if you're running an insane asylum, you do not need the patients screwing each other. Though that is too many bad genes in one place. Right. But also, like, I don't think they like sterilized Shelley, and she's clearly sleeping with a lot more people. Like. I don't know. Maybe they did, though. Maybe they did. We don't know. We don't know. It's possible. Um, I don't know. I just caught my nail again. It hurt. Um, So then in the midst of all this, Frank comes in and says that there's a cop here to interview Dr. Arden. And Jude drops everything. She's like, all right, let's handle this. So and then she says, you take them to their respective places. And Sister Mary's like, I'm going to take Kit. Frank, you take Grace. And Sister Jude's just like, I don't even care. Whatever. Do what I want. And as Grace and Frank leave, Sister Mary puts down a folder and she leaves Grace's file and says she's not as innocent as you think she is. And this is the beginning of the end for her. She's changing. So we go to this interrogation for Dr. Arden with Sister Jude and Larry Gary from Brooklyn Nine-Nine is here. Um, And this is, (laughs) we learned that it's not because of anything Anne has said, because that, it was my first indication. I was like, oh, she's made this big thing. And so people started reporting. I don't know. It's not. It's because of the sex worker who got away a few episodes ago. And they say that she found these like really, um, um, she found she found disturbing images. Yeah, she found the porn yeah, disturbing, and the murder, stuff, the disturbing, disturbing, disturbing images and and things and Nazi memorabilia and Nazi memorabilia. And Sister yeah. Jude said, "I'm sorry, what? Repeat that last part just one more time." Yeah. And so, in the midst of all this, she's like, "I know you're like vice or whatever, but like, are you going to arrest him?" And they're like, "We're not vice. We're homicide." And then and they like, start asking. Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, she's like homicide is the pro- how did the prostitute tell you all these things if she's dead? I don't understand. 
And they're like, we have a few more questions. And they start asking questions related to bloody face. They, she sa- He says, you have Kit here in your institution, right? And they're like, she's like, yeah. She's like, do you think in your time working with him that he has the surgical skill necessary to remove a woman's skin? And Sister Jude is like, holy shit. But also like, absolutely not. Like, even if you kill all these people, how on earth did you think that he could surgically do any of these things? Oh, there's uh, all of my theories about Dr. Arden being the one behind all of this. Just keep, coins just keep falling Mm -hmm. into that side of the scale. Yeah, not not a good look for Dr. Arden. So, then we go back to Lana and Thresden and he, we are in full-on conversion therapy he is drugging her to make her sick while she's looking at women in compromising positions including wendy which is a picture he took from her house because that's okay um and then again gave me the ick definitely the ick and then he has her he brings in a man who is um really like femininely attractive attractive. like conventionally but like effeminately attractive like he's not a very manly man like he's got a very he's got long hair he's very thin and like like Mm -hmm. um kind of like androgynously built a very smooth soft face and i was like i mean if you're gonna go straight for anyone this is a very easy transition Right. Except if you are afraid of penises, then it, yeah, I can't. Right. And that is exactly where he tries to send her to touch herself and touch him. And she immediately starts throwing up. And I was like, this is just the strangest scene. I hate it. It is a very strange scene. I was very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, I was also terrified that Doug was going to walk into the room and ask me (laughs) what I was doing. Um, But more than that i was like i cannot imagine anyone vomiting over touching a penis and to be fair that's because i am not a homosexual um but also i know a lot of homosexuals who have had heterosexual relations before um in their questioning phases and whatnot and um i don't think i've ever met anyone who is that insanely repulsed by the uh by the genitalia of someone they are not attracted to and it probably had to do with like she probably still had a lot of medicine in her system that hadn't gotten right which is which is why she was like please just give me a minute like i can do it but like also poor poor donald if you were like I'm trying to help you and I think you're a really nice lady and I think you're like kind of attractive and I'd be willing to do this for you and then you vomit when you touch my penis right. like that poor kid Plus also so also, many issues for also I would like to know why he's in the asylum yeah that's my that's my current question why is Donald mm-hmm. in the asylum I don't know that you're gonna get an answer to that but I was gonna say question. that's probably one I won't get an answer for yeah, yeah. great question though so we leave that situation and we go to Jude, Sister Jude, who's talking to um, the Monsignor. And she starts telling him about Arden's issues. And she's like, you know, he had all of these things. He had a sex worker at his house. Like, 
it's really disturbing. I think somebody needs to like address this. And he tells her to stop. He basically says she's crazy when she brings up Anne Frank, which honestly, like, to I be would fair, like- probably be like, that's a stretch. But then he flips it around her and he's like, I know you've been drinking. So maybe this has something to do with that. And he's like, why don't you just reflect and pray on it? And I was like, that doesn't fix a maniac. Like, he is a psychopath. That is not going to fix Dr. Arden. Um, so, good try, though. So then, yeah. immediately when she leaves, he calls Dr. Arden. And he's like, they're on to maybe pack up and leave tonight. I was like, oh, you also know about this? I didn't think she told him to leave. I thought he said to, like get your shit together like clean up your mess basically like oh i understood he told him to like get out and go oh i thought he was just being like i don't want loose ends yeah but also either way he definitely sounds yeah. in on it. Like, either way he, yeah either way he is fully cognizant yeah so then we go to and i would say this scene was the beginning of my starting to think that maybe sister jude is not like i think sister jude is misguided for sure i think she's strict but i also this scene and then the next scene like that we'll talk about gave me the idea that she genuinely is just trying to do penance for her own thing that she fucked up on in whatever way she knows how and that's like the people who like doesn't know how (laughs) she doesn't know how so she's like deep diving into something and like at the strictest level she can to like save herself and that she's really not a bad person which i kind of thought that might be true from the beginning but then i also just have a hard time believing jessica lang is a good guy fair fair which i don't know if that's just a because i know her connection to the show as like a whole right i don't know but i i i I have doubts i have a lot of doubts about sister jude that's the that's the other person that i was like my thought and i'm Mm -hmm. starting to put them in a different camp right now let's hang in there and see how it goes (laughs) so we do go to our next scene where there's sister jude and a nun i don't think they ever said her name so i just put her she she was mother mother superior she was basically like the head of sister jude's nun order so she's just mother superior she doesn't have a name mother superior so she's telling her mother superior about the communion and she's like i've messed up this is kind of a thing i did and she's like great we all make mistakes everyone sins don't do it again like and she's like the wine was right in my office and she's like well that's because god's testing you and she's like yeah but i failed and she's like yep and you're still here so that means it's time to not fail the next yeah. one right and so she's like this is just how life works <laughs> we keep going and then she starts telling her about dr art and she's um and she's like a little bit concerned about how monsignor reacted mother superior is like well it's fear about like how things are gonna look and like all of this she literally she literally just goes that is what all men do because they can't they she's like that's just men we can't actually put them in we put them in charge of everything we don't trust them to be in charge of anything yeah and Uh, she's like so it's fine like that's just that's just his reaction because he didn't know what to do and he was scared but then she does still offer her another contact and she's like i can put you in touch with someone else if you really want to and she's like absolutely not she's like i don't want to overstep like monsignor put me in this place he's really done a lot for me and she's like he's not who you report to 
She's like, well, it's it's not even that. Like, she was like, she she basically was like, don't give him credit for what you've done for yourself. Yeah. She was like, she was like, sure, he gave you this job, but you didn't become yeah. a nun because of him. You didn't move on from your past because of him. You didn't save yourself because of him. Don't give him the credit for that. And also, like, God put you here. This guy was just like a token in, in your life like he's not yeah. your reason for anything and so so that's nice yeah um so then we go back to kitten grace and so far no one's been sterilized no. um but because, then because because sister jude's off confessing her sins right. to mother superior she doesn't have time to sterilize sure. anybody and panicked about a nazi so yeah. like fair but bigger fish to fry so kit is visibly upset across the wall from grace and he asked why she lied to him and it turns out that we find out that really her father abused her as a child and for years she put up with it and then she told her stepmother and her stepmother gave her candy to be quiet about it and not to like ruffle any feathers and the last straw was she was like i really did love horses and my dad got rid of all of them. And that was kind of the last part for her. And so yeah. she actually did kill them all. And her sister walked in on her and saw all of this and knows. And that's how she ended up here. Which, yeah. if you didn't know, is a direct correlation to Lizzie Borden. Oh, no, no, no. As soon as I saw the as axe. Soon as, <laughs> soon as I saw the axe. Well, and then in the first scene when she was talking about it, she said, I lost my mo- my father and my step." mother and then the next morning i lost my sister i literally immediately was like oh so she's lizzie borden cool yeah because they're on a farm like there's literally so many things there's no there was no um also um just in case anyone was wondering lizzie borden for sure did not kill her dad what is your your my theory it's the maid my theory is that it's the maid there's so Mm -hmm. many things of evidence that point to the maid um having too much time to change her clothes and hide while lizzie was not even home i really i'm fully in the camp that she did not yeah i also don't really think she did it but i don't i don't know enough to know why it just doesn't feel like that's what happened um so we go back to thresden and lana and he's apologizing to her that this isn't working because He's not qualified to do this. He's never done conversion therapy. That's not a thing and he does. And he doesn't even believe that it's effective. Yeah. He's just like, this obviously doesn't work. <laughs> like, why on earth is this the approach you took then? I'd be a proponent of it anyway, but I thought it would be the fastest way to, like, do something, even though it's kind of bullshit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you, like, pumped her full of drugs and had her, like, touch another man's penis for what? For shit? No reason. Yeah. And he immediately switched gears. Yeah. And he immediately switches gears. So he's like, that doesn't work. I don't know why I thought that would work. I'm not even qualified. I've never done that before. And then he gives her back the picture of Wendy. And she's like, they're never going to let me keep this. And he's like, don't worry. I'm leaving at the end of the week. And you're coming with me. And it's like, you like, only have to hide it for a week. Because I'm. Ta- he's like, I haven't figured out how yet. Yeah. I'm taking you with me. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, he like uh, literally black and white, like no, no, no middle it's ground. Like, he's like unhealthily obsessed with her. <sighs> yeah. So we go back to Sister Jude and Kit, and bless his heart, Kit is just trying to admit to everything. 
he's like, I think I'm bloody face. And he's like, I don't remember, but he's like, God would remember though. Like if I did it, even if I didn't. And she's like, well, and he's yeah, like, he's like, like and I don't, everything. he's like, I don't know if I did it, but if I did, like, I need to be forgiven. Cause like, I, I didn't want to be this person. Yeah. And he's just and like, he's like right. I know. And he's like asking her, he's like, can you help me like find God and like figure all this out? And she like, you can see her soften. And she's like, we're all sinners. And like, he's like, I just really need help. She's like, okay, okay. And then she's like, but you don't even remember it. Right. And he's like, he's like, I don't know, but God will. And she's like, but you don't remember. And it feels like she's like, if you don't remember, you can't say you did it. You have to yeah. keep saying you don't remember doing it because you don't want to make yourself uh, culpable if you didn't do it. So it seems like yeah. she might be on his side now. Yeah. Um, so I mean, listen, if and... Evan Peters sat in front of me crying about needing God and needing to understand himself better, I would also be on his side. Sure. hundred percent. No question. Um, especially in this role. This, this version um, of him, 10 out mm-hmm. of 10. Um, but like, Pretty much any version of him I've ever seen in anything is at least an eight. Yeah. <laughs> totally fair. I don't know. Um this the the silver server the silver server. The Listen, it was a bad a it was a bad movie, but he still made me laugh. He did make me laugh, but like not putting maybe, him to it. Okay. Uh, maybe I'd give him like a six and a half. Sure. Yeah, we can go with that. We can go with that. So now we go to Dr. Arden and Anne and he like has her in this, his operating room. And he's like, I don't know what you think is happening. He's like, I'm from Scottsdale. Cause she was telling him that like he was at Auschwitz and all this stuff. And he's like, I don't know what you're saying. I'm from Scottsdale. And he gets close to her in a creepy way. And she pulls a gun out on him. This woman has found Which- a gun. Which, to be fair, she did say that while she was healing and, like, hiding out in Germany before the soldier found her, that she worked Mm -hmm. as a pickpocket and a thief to survive. Yeah. So she, like, told us. She was like, I steal shit and don't get caught. Yeah. And so she got this gun from one of the either cops or security guys. I couldn't actually tell. No, it was the the Larry Gary. It was the cops who were the homicide cops. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought it was, but it was a lot happening. I couldn't tell. Um, and then he, she like pulls back and he's like, you're not going to shoot me. And she immediately shoots him in the leg. Like no holds barred. She's like fucking. And, yeah. And then she hears someone in the other room and she's like, who's in there? Give me the key. What's happening. And he's like, absolutely not. And she's like, you have another leg. And he's like, no, no, no. And then she shoots him again. And then she I do think the it, I do think it's funny though that she was like you have another leg and was threatening to like get rid of both of his legs and then open the door to like legless Shelly. I was like, hmm, check one for Shelly. Looks right. she has okay. sores all over her body. Like it is not good. Um, not good. But that is indeed where we end. So. Yeah. I have a bit of trivia for you. Um, So the flashback Dr. Arden or Hans Gruber is played by John Cromwell, who is his son. That makes Um, sense. It looks so much like him. Yeah. Um, Chloe Savigny is actually credited as a special guest star as opposed to an actual like role in this show because we only see her in that very beginning scene and then the very end scene when she's like deformed um 
she plays Shelly. Oh, oh right, 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 right. And so Sorry, she's brain, not like, credited as a cast member, but as right. a special guest star. But she um, actually, she was in all of them. Even last week, she was credited as a special oh, guest star. Sure? Yeah, I think oh, that's I just, that. I think it's well, just because she I was a be. She was a big enough name already at the yeah. time, and she had a, such a small role that I think that that's mm-hmm. the direction they went with it. Because I was going to say, because I thought it was weird last week. I noticed it and then forgot to say something. Yeah. Well, that's what it was. Um, yeah. And so that's my that's my trivia for you. So oh, okay. who do you want to punch in the face? Um, Once again, without a doubt, it's Dr. Arden. Um, how many episodes in a row does that make this four? Four in a row? What episode are we on? Yeah. Four. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so because you're gonna go with art and I'm gonna go with you know, I'm gonna go with Dresden. That's fair, because he was like extra creepy. Didn't love it. Not not a huge fan. So yeah, that's I'm... the one I'm gonna go with. Um and then who is your MVP? Um, I thought about going with someone who had a bigger part in the episode, but I decided that I didn't really care how small a part they had because I just thought that it was like my favorite moment of the show. And I'm going to go with Mother Superior because she was like, Sister Joe, get your shit together and be what who you are. And she was like, not about Monsignor. And she was like, all about the fact that like, practice what you preach you tell everybody that they can get better mm-hmm. and get forgiven do it to yourself like i was i was all for her she wasn't yes. involved in any of the cockamamie no she probably is the correct answer as well no. um i think i'm gonna go with sister jude this week because she's starting to believe kit she's starting to like see Arden for who he is Mm -hmm. and she's starting to like listen to the patients and realize that maybe she's not always right in what she's right and that's so so I thought about sister Jude because for the first time since we started watching the show kit was not an answer for me because he is falling for grace's bullshit um and I'm not a fan of that but I was like, maybe it is Sister Jude. Like, that might be the right answer this week. But then I was like, but honestly, like, I'm still not 100% sold on her. You still aren't. Yeah. And she did threaten to, like, sterilize someone for having sex. Right, which isn't great. Which isn't great. Um, But Mother Superior was, she was, she knew her shit. So. Yeah. So. Do you have any predictions? Um, um, or feelings. So I threw out some of mine while we were going. I definitely yeah. think. Um, I definitely think that Doctor Arden's a fucking piece of shit, and there's no changing mm-hmm. anything ever in any of that. Um, I'm really curious, more than sure of anything, where they're going with this Anne Frank direction. But I like almost think I would like it better if she was actually Anne Frank, like. I'm sure if she was like a cuckoo bananas crazy person who thought she was Anne Frank, it would be like one kind of story. But I almost prefer, I almost prefer that like that's true. Like, and that's who she is. And that is its own level of problematic. But um, Mm -hmm. I, I think that Grace is going to continue to lie. Like, I think there's even more that she's hiding. I think she is um, a sneaky, sneaky liar. 
don't like her. Um, and I think that Dr. Thresden may have more ulterior motives than we know about yet. Um, and I think that Sister Jude might not end up being as much of a bad guy as I thought in the beginning of the show. Those are all excellent predictions. Um, I don't know exactly if any of them will have answers next week. Um, you will see more development, but I don't think any of them is like flat out answered next week. That's fair. However, if you do notice, next week is episode five. So you can um, be prepared for one big event to be revealed. So I was interested if that was going to be true because it's the season has so many more episodes than last time. So I didn't know if episode five oh, it's 13 and it's 13. So I didn't know if episode five was going to be as big, like as jaw dropping as mm -hmm. it was. But um, also next week is, is what Anne Frank part two, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously if you have an episode that has a part one and a part two, part two has some shit in it. That's kind of how that works. Yes. Um, so I, I was sure that I was, I thought that that might be true. So stay tuned to see how that goes. It's going to be a big one. Um, oh can't wait to hear your thoughts. So oh on that note. Also, um, I feel like I didn't say anything on this episode at all. And obviously, um, this episode is not going to come out till next week. So it won't matter. But happy birthday, Dan. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Dan. Um, he won't listen to this far into the episode. And I probably should have said it at the beginning of the Stargate episode so that there was any chance that he would have heard it. But nope, it's Dan's birthday. You know, it's okay. We um, probably should have said it on our first or second take of the last episode we did that actually came out yesterday. But, you know, <laughs> it's uh, fine. 15th time's the charm. It's going to be great. Sounds it's great. So good. Killing it. Um, if you have any questions, thoughts, feelings, predictions, feel free to email us, deathandaliens at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on all of the social media at deathandaliens. You can find me at cecloud13. Me everywhere at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And we will see you with a big reveal for Thriller Thursday. But prior to that, we will see you for Sci-Fi Sunday. Bye. Bye.